Many young people have grown up knowing that it's their cup that needs to be filled up by the teachers, the mentors, the parents, the bosses, the CEOs who have the jug to fill it up. At Boardroom Banta, we are on a mission to make the boardroom as big as can be, amplifying the stories behind the people and filling each other up. We are the founders and this is our story. Man, I feel Kanye West's pain. <laughs> what pain, Sean? He's like, dear God, bring my family back. You know, like he's just he's just a black man trying to trying to have a normal family. <laughs> he might have his issues with 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 with, with Kim. But bottom line, Mandem says, you know what? I want to be able to take my kids to school. Mm-hmm. I want to be there for their birthdays. I'm not trying to be problematic. You know, I just want to be a present dad. You know, he doesn't want to be stereotype. Yeah. You know how it is. So, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I respect that. I don't know whether he's, I don't know whether he should be involving all of us in it. So, That's but the thing. Like, yeah, like, I was gonna it's ask. a bit. Because like we're all going to be celebrities over here. Yeah, we will. Right? DJ Yuri. There, and people will be you know. Googling Yuri Koret's wife, <laughs> trying to find who is this person. Because you never know like, who's, yeah. who, who's all up in your business. But like, it's a question of That's true. how do you think, do you think you'll handle your celebrity life? Mm. Like, do you think you'll have it under control? I think so. You know, there's there's a there's a what's control, like define define your ideal. Okay, let's go around all of us defining control situation. You you can kick it off. Why am I the first one to kick it off? <laughs> I don't really know uh, how I could control that, but I think for me, it's something that has been very uh, important. Um, well, I, you know, finished high school and I, before even I joined college is that I learned how to keep all my personal stuff to myself. So, uh, back in the day, I used to be this high school socialite, uh, and apparently almost everyone knew me and I was, I was pretty much, you know, out there, uh, displaying my life, uh, displaying my family, Uh, my relationships and all kinds of things and it took away a lot from you know the kind of person that I am you know I'd meet certain people and they want to treat me in a certain way and I'm like sorry that's not who I am you know Mm -hmm. so I think even with this kind of career path that I'm now taking like I want to be very keen to ensure that you know my personal life remains my personal life right and I wouldn't allow you know, people to, you know, sort of trample into, into that space. Definitely that can happen. You know, everyone is nosy when you're the talk of the city or the talk of the continent or the whole world, but just keeping it controlled within your own, uh, you know, con- uh, space is, is, is important. So that's what I would do. Yeah. I think I'm in trouble, guys. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you are. <laughs> I'm very out there with with, uh, with everything. Yeah, it's a thing, oh. It's cute though. Let me tell you where it started though. Time uh, when I was a kid. Yeah. 
You're um, dating when you're no, a kid. Not like dating. Uh, I, did I date? A, oh, this one's a mama, the mama, baba, mommy, daddy on the playground. No, all kids did that. All kids did that. You know, it's like, hey, we're cooking with mud and leaves. Chamaba, chamaba. Yeah. 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 Fun time. Sometimes. Simple time. I'm sure my small bros are doing that as we speak. <laughs> Poor girls. Well, it's crazy because I've, I've always been a very mm. out there person as a kid. Um, visitors come over, you're all up in their faces. Hey, where do you work? You've got to finish our food. Um, but it's a thing of I've had to my girlfriend is actually the one who's been checking me a lot mm. very recently or like just, just you never know who's out there mm. you know we're African right and there are these stereotypes of you know people with sense periods your way mm. and stuff like that but like when you look at it at a from a general standpoint of mm. Okay, we are like as Yuri was referencing, we are in the entertainment industry, the both of us. Shout out to Horizon Sounds of Africa last week, another crazy event. And just like on that note, like we've been in spaces. <clears throat> we party a lot on the island. I I party slightly more than Yuri. You <laughs> to see why why that's the case. But it's um like I've I go to other people's parties and, you know, people recognize me from my events. Like, oh, you're going to do an event here, an mm-hmm. event here. And mm-hmm. it's, it's the most humbling thing ever, mm-hmm. right? But it's a thing of now that that's, that's picking up and, and growing. Like, even like when I was in Nairobi last year, oh. it was crazy. Crazy thing just happened. We had asked one of our, our listeners to give us topic suggestions mm-hmm. and she just she just sent it in when you're talking about it right now oh that's a good one so just to let you guys in on um the message that just came in um one of our our most consistent listeners wants us to talk about the difference between how you were raised and how mm. you raised your kids in all aspects and we're just talking about mm. at least like how we've grown up mm. right and it's a thing of back to what I was saying mm. of like getting used to being a brand. Yeah. And that is only going to go. We're in the office today. You were just talking about how we look at the all in podcast, which, yeah. you know, Sean will give a brief description of mm-hmm. who the guys in the podcast are, but these are people mm-hmm. who are creating this value at this age. Now we're mm. starting a podcast and running this podcast, you know, in our early twenties. Yeah. Picture twenty years from now, right? Because that's where they are. That's, that's where they are. They're twenty times year old versions of us yeah. in terms of how, how like where our aspirations as entrepreneurs are. In. Yeah. So like, how how will we be managing our family life? How will we be mm. managing our professional life? Mm. And I'd love for you to just give a bit of insight into this, Sean. There's an instance, there's this um, show called Red Table Talk yeah. by the, the Smith family. And there's a conversation that they were having one time. It was Jaden, Jada, what's the, the daughter called? Willow. Willow. And they had 
Magic Johnson's child also mm. on on the on the show and talking about okay and the kids are talking about how how they've grown up as children of famous people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and one of the things that they pointed out that I think it was Jaden pointed out it was how they were very cognizant of the fact that one my parents are very famous very well known mm. to you know that means by virtue of that the family is also very famous and very well known and by virtue of that they understood that they can't just bring anyone into the house they can't just bring any any outside person into the home so they understood the atmosphere like the aura and the atmosphere that was in the house by virtue of their parents being at this level so you can see how that fame affects how even i'm sure the children went on to build friendships and relationships yeah so how how crazy is that looking at it from a point of okay, our aspirations are at that level how can we start prepping ourselves now i guess and and, and it's one thing that i often think about sometimes where I don't want my kids to be Sean Karanja's children, you know? Like, mm. I didn't have that pressure growing up. And I think it gave me the space to pick my own career path, go down my own whatever, you know, and not not have some sort of, like, looming shadow to to live up to, you know? up to a certain point you know of, of course there is to a certain point where it's yeah. like there 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 there's a expectation and the standards that have been set is a bar um but yeah i think back to back to the question that our listener was asking of how would how would you raise your children differently versus how you are raised i'd hmm i think i'd i'd do more not that my parents didn't do it. Not that I think about it. They did. But I, I think I'd, I'd be a lot more detailed and intentional about their extracurricular learning in the sense of how does the world beyond our four worlds work, right? So what is the economy? Who, who's the government? Like, what does the government do, Right what does how does a business work you know things that our parents took us to school and we've learned and even outside of school we've learned but i think from what i would have gathered and from from my success i'd create like a playbook you know like a karanja family playbook where it's like this is this is emotional intelligence this is you know how do you deal with good times how do you deal with bad times how do you deal with um pressure how do you deal with things that suck but you just have to do you know those those everyday things that it's like i wasn't taught that you know yeah. so it's like you have to figure these things out but if it's like Hey, hey, child, I know that, you know, you're into this dancing thing and like you fell last week and now you're injured and you can't go for your dance thing with all your friends. How do you deal with 
your daughter or son being sad about that you know other than just saying ah you'll be fine ah the, it's coming next week. you know because these things amplify and magnify what happens when you know my daughter is heartbroken five years ten years yeah. down the line and it's like you've not taught them how to deal with such things like you left the world to do it so i think i wouldn't leave the world to do it and the world is not that good a teacher yeah and the world isn't that good a teacher because also children are very impressionable so they'd think hey because my parents have an easy life life must be easy you know sometimes you know us uh-huh as you continue amadou yeah. shout out to amadou and i'll tell you guys why later on but amadou mentioned something yeah. about how Amadou was on a, was one of our previous episodes, so if you mm-hmm. guys are looking for, I think it was episode twelve or thirteen. So twelve, mm-hmm. and he he was saying how when you grow up in a family mm. that's perceived to, I'll paraphrase it like that's perceived to be well off, mm. society puts certain expectations on you, and mm. certain social con- constructs, stereotypes, whatever. And and of, the opposite oh, also. And the opposite, right? Mm. So, oh, if you grew up in a family that's well, oh, you're soft. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. So that could also there's yeah. with your yeah. train of thought on yeah. that. Of like what 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 is being hard or soft? And is that a function of you have to have gone through hardship growing up for you to be mm. tough and successful? Or can you still create a tough mindset even in the presence of quote-unquote comfort so I, I think I'd put my kids in like uncomfortable situations like this this guy has turned 14 there's a piece of land somewhere I want you to grow tomatoes for me you know like mm. guy has to figure out how we're getting this thing yeah and it's like I can't, I can't, we're not subsistence farming in our family so that you learn how to make these tomatoes, but you, you get like, yeah, you, a, you simulate. There's a lesson behind it. Yeah, you, you simulate those similar lessons um, intentionally. So I think that's, that's, that's what I'd do. Like metaverse stuff, like, you know how in games there's levels to things, so it's like, ah, level one. Game five. They've learned times table. Level two, Japanese. Level two. So when they go to school, you old man, they're just killing it. Yeah. Because they've, they've, they've been taught how to like work hard and whatever. Also teaching them how to be humble. Like I tell them, look, m- my money is not your money. Me, I'm, me I have money, you don't. Like, yeah. That's what, that's what my, my dad used to tell us, bro. He's like, you are broke by the Just remember <laughs> that. It's like, I don't I care. On your back. That's it. <laughs> Those are mine, even like <laughs> Yuri, weigh in on this. Come on. Um, what are what are some things in your childhood that you really stuck out? You know, you appreciate what was done, you'd improve on others. And Sean just mentioned you're teaching fundamental things like emotional intelligence, and literally something that Derek Banga said as well that like he mm-hmm. believes emotional intelligence is among amongst the skills that should be taught at mm-hmm. primary school level right Literally. it's it's as it's as fundamental in a child's development mm-hmm. as teaching humility as Sean has mentioned mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on this I think what I'm really most appreciative of now that I think of it um, is that my parents have been very critical on supporting 
all the things that I want to do. So it started when, I, you know, I I think in like, like first grade or second grade, I thought I could be Ronaldo. And there they were getting me a jersey and putting me on a pitch, you know, to go and play football. Um, they got me shot number 17, but I wanted 16 because 16 is my favorite number. Um, I tried doing skating. I went for like competitions in Nairobi in town. Um, you know, I sort of fell off from that. And they didn't like criticize me for it, but they're always there for me in my races. You know, like I I, I really competed to that level of, you know, uh, within the whole city and everything. Like I would go for those competitions. Um, crazy. I think even they're the ones who supported me to start music. So I started playing drums in primary school. Um, at one point I wanted to become Lewis Hamilton. They took me like for GP karting and I started racing. So I've always been open to them about what I really want to do. And they're always like, okay, just let us know how we can support you. Um, and that has been really good for me because now I've developed that confidence that I can, I can do anything that I set my heart to uh, to do. So I think that's, that's a pro. I think a con for me would be I really would want to change um, the aspect of being present in your child's uh, um, you know, adulthood process. So you know, I, I got sent off to, to boarding school um, when I was 12 years old, right? And between 12 and 18, so many things happened to me and they were not really present. You know, they, I didn't get to share with them the things that I'm going through and the things that um, I'm seeking advice on. And pretty much I tried to figure everything on my own. Um, you know, I would really take a lot from my friends Sometimes I would take like bad advice and it would end, you know, in a, in a, in a downward slope, you know, between the age of 12 to 18, you know, we all went through a whole process of, you know, adulting and we were really looking for different kinds of spaces that we could fit in. Right. And there I was pretty much alone, um, you know, trying to really figure out life. And I wish I would have like, you know, that, father and mother figure while I went through that because you know I felt pretty lost at one point and I didn't really have you know an outlet you know I couldn't really be vulnerable with my teachers because you know I've been, I'm that kind of person who is not really open to people that I don't really have a close relationship with right so I think that's something that I would love to change um it has been uh it has played two sides one a positive because now i'm very independent on my own um but also like there's just that side of me that feels like i wish i would have got probably more time to you know to go through that experience with my parents around me um probably i would have learned quite a bit more than you know what i know now so that's that's my take yeah let me tell you guys a crazy a crazy a crazy experience right and this is just you know as i reflect on your converse um on this conversation and your just recounts of 
of childhood one thing to understand and i feel like we want to understand this and just to convey this to the listeners um we appreciate how both sides of this coin mm. right that we're flipping here of as we look back at our our childhood have have shaped who we are right now because just and i'll give a specific instance when i was growing up um we had just moved to the states this was 2008 uh dad was in the un and i did my first english exam right and i failed <laughs> it was called language arts um i think it's cool yeah and i failed this exam mm. and my dad gave me a nice spanking that day and what he said was you won't let like these people look down on you that you don't know english and you've been speaking english your whole life mm. this at, at the same time i was a stammerer mm. I was I couldn't get a sentence yeah. out guys double homicide <laughs> double homicide right there bro um and it's it's crazy because people will look at this version of myself now mm. and they could never guess but that tough love yeah really because he helped me work through that stammer you know would be practicing speech in the house yeah got me into reading books mm. and that specific aspect of it really set me up for everything else right he would travel a lot because of work and everything so he wouldn't be around too much even you know going back to kenya primary school then high school with yuri i think we saw this in each other yuri and it just built we didn't sit down and we're like oh you know our, our parents aren't there that's mm-hmm. where now mm-hmm. the mentorship figures in our lives came in oh yeah and that is you know just something to note as well mm-hmm. that you the phrase you know it takes a village like, to raise exactly, a child exactly. has not changed it's just evolved yeah it does take a village because when when i think of some of the father figures that i've had mother figures as well they've been very important because your parents will always be your parents at the end of the day but you know you always kind of need a couple of external people who are rooting for you not just cuz they birthed you but because they see something in you and they want to support you they want to help you i think those that kind of parenting is 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 also important so i i think i i got i got a lot of that hmm I remember my first kind of mentor was actually my music teacher. And this guy took he took me under his wing in the weirdest way. I mean, it's not even like I was that good at music or anything, but he was just like this young talkative boy who keeps getting into trouble for tiny things. You know, I used to, I used to get into so much trouble in school. And if you ask me till this day, me I was mostly innocent, honestly. I was just always at the wrong time at the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people and it's like bro I I really don't want to be a bad kid but and yeah. he you know he understood that <laughs> he understood that and he's like I know you want to talk in class and share a joke or speak your mind but you see maybe maybe don't quite do that or I know you want to play with all the instruments but you know like 
chill even say talking to us about girls you know back then when girls are such a mystery and you're, you're curious yeah, but you know it's like wow <laughs> and then now for me i was so short like they were all taller than me like kind of the ones in my year group and you know they're being picked off by the the guys the other the older guys see, <laughs> now we are doing that but you see <laughs> but i mean that guy he was he was the first guy who really He really helped me. I remember parenting to a conference even after I dropped music. Mm-hmm. He'd like want to talk to my mom. And it's that thing of you you understand me in in a school setting not as a father at home setting. You get. Yeah. And I I think after that it made it easier for me to pick on pick up other mentors um who who have just been super helpful. A lot of them have been on this podcast and Yeah we love them cuz they give us a different type of love you know Yo let me say this Yeah I'm going to shout out my first kind of type of type of mentor Uh-huh So I was in primary school I went back to um Sitam Woodley in 2012 mm-hmm. Right so class 6 at that time the people who I was with in class 4 were in class 8 So it doesn't make sense to them how I traveled came back and then <clears throat> you know what I mean but I my friends and i started a dance crew <laughs> yes guys a dance crew um in 2013 that was in class 7 and we had one performance only <laughs> we practiced for that performance we were doing backflips on stage <laughs> all of that stuff and we're like in class 7 like if you were to perform during that monday assembly in the chapel you're a big deal you're the talk of the school for the rest for half of the week until you hear some some recaps of weeks drama on the friday assembly <laughs> but my arts teacher so yeah. i also tried music tried to play to, to to learn how to play the piano yeah it was awful um yeah piano is deep <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how you guys who play piano play oh, like shout out to them shout, shout out to said them said us dropping a song soon i don't know if it will be out by the time we're just shouting out people but now my music teacher was the first person to put me on radio mm-hmm. uh, to get me on radio hope mm-hmm. fm and shout hope out to him because <laughs> listen and live because up to even like going into high school he'd still yeah. always check up and everything and so he helped me set up the dance crew which put me on the map yeah the school yeah. And when you're popular with class at that time hey that's you it. know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. and like it just aligns with exactly what you're saying of just people who like it doesn't come to mind when you think of oh mentors you're talking about yeah. the people who are like directly impacting your life mm-hmm. right now but then you look back to certain instances where these are the people who yeah. give you that spark when really mm-hmm. it wasn't happening true i i mean he the music teacher is one of the first people who encouraged me to like start speaking at assembly so for example if there's like hosting assembly you know like those those are my first touches um like even in 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 drama so like i i picked up drama so i was acting like all school plays man i was i was in all the school plays you, let man. me tell you i loved it so much and just that thing of being on stage and and telling a story so i fell in love with storytelling i started teaching myself how to play guitar you know 
he helped us put together a rock band. Imagine a rock band. Bro, half of us there don't know how to play those instruments. But you just figure out, if I put my finger like this, it'll do. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so I started doing bass guitar because that one was easy. Ah, And you know, from there now, these are things that have built my confidence over time. And I can't believe I even forgot about this guy. Like, he, this conversation just reminded me of him. I, I need to look for him. Absolutely. Mr. Karinga, shout out, shout out to you, man. My name is Joe Dwarf. Yeah, shout Yuri. out. Yuri is here laughing. Yuri is laughing. Yuri was a drama. Guys, we can start a rock band like, right now. Facts. <laughs> do banter, Let's rock band. do it. <laughs> Where, I'm curious, Yuri. Um, just if you find time to ask this question as you, as you come onto the mic. When you were going through this sort of shift in social presence and engagement in high school, from, you know, going to all of these funkies in high school, those are the funky inter-school functions, right? In high school and really in the span of, oh, I've gone back home for the holiday and I'm back in school and it's a total shift in how I interact with people. And like just knowing you now and having, having been your friend for the past seven years, having witnessed all of this, one of the questions that I've just never had the opportunity to ask you is, what are some of the how how did you feel going through all this and were there were there certain challenges that you felt no because i know you navigated them by yourself because you didn't include me um (laughs) (laughs) but like how how did you navigate some challenges that could have come up and when you reflect on it now how do you feel it has do you feel like like it has added or taken away from your development as a person. You guys are making me go into like deep, deep <laughs> memories that I've, I've like I've not even thought about these things for such a long time. Bunny, you know, I was even in a dance crew, <laughs> <laughs> and we're like we 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 did. Sean, you were in the same primary school, Riara. Exactly. Yeah. So we did, we did, uh, you know, break dance. We did. I was even in the Scottish dance. I was hopping, hopping all over the stage. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, we did everything. We did. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know, I like. I had. There's a time I like. I performed before the whole school using like with drums. Uh, I was playing the jambe and then my best friend was playing like the set of drums. Mm-hmm. And then I, I joined the band. I was playing the big, the big bass drum. Mm-hmm. And guys were like, who is this short, plump kid who's just carrying this whole drum? It's even bigger than him. And I was there struggling. I had to play that drum. It was, it was mad. And even there's a time I was even doing acting. Mm-hmm. Guys, I was even on set. I was like, I was that kid who literally, I think all my life, I got only serious about academics when I went into boarding school because that was the only thing that was available. But I was always outside. If it was sports there, if it was acting, if it was anything extracurricular, hook me on. That was, I was always there. And I think also when I got into high school, um, there was that freedom again. You know, um, the, the first uh, boarding school that I went to um, for my later days in primary didn't necessarily set us up for any extracurricular activities, right? We'd only play sports once a week. And that's like going to a field and we just run around and everything. It wasn't interesting for me 
and we will just basically sit back and just study, right? And I think that that sort of made me lose a lot of energy and interest um, in being outgoing. So when I was young, I was very outgoing. Like I was very outgoing. You can't believe it now, yeah. but I was I was all over the place. Like I wanted to be everywhere. Even like when I was in Sunday school, I was the one who was like you know supporting and the teacher always you know participating. But I think all those all those things just changed when I joined boarding school and I became very reserved. Um, first of all, because I came from a very good school, Riara, mm-hmm. and then I went to a different school <laughs> in the other side of Nairobi where you interact with other kids who have not necessarily seen that sort of posh life that I was getting from Briara. So like me getting into that different background was was kind of hard because they're like, hey, you're only you're the only colored kid in this class. You know, they start teaching you in a certain way. And then that slowly puts you in a sort of corner that I am I'm quite different. And the more you hear it, then you will just know that I'm different. Um, it's going to be hard for me to make friends and then you become very reserved. So I don't know, probably that was what made me, you know, lose all that energy. But um, getting into high school, I got that freedom again because, you know, yes, there was academics, but there was drama, there was music again, there was sports, there was, like, I think I did every, every kind of sports. I first joined the football team. Uh, I met guys from Western Kenya who are very fast mm-hmm. and I couldn't touch up. So, <laughs> uh, Just to get the story straight, um, just clarify, I don't know if it's just me. So mm-hmm. you went from Briara to another school and yeah. then to Lenana school. Exactly. So I, I, I stopped going to Riara in... 2011 that was like like the end of fifth grade then I got into another school in sixth grade then I cleared and joined Lenana school in 2015 so just as I was sharing was that I I got very much overwhelmed again because now there's extracurricular activities and I started with football I just said I wasn't fast enough then I went to basketball and I fell and I was like man I don't want to lose my face on this ground over here. Then I went into rugby and I sort of, you know, hung in there for some time. Um, yeah, and I did music and everything. And I think that's when I started getting this uh, sort of glamour because I was going for all these events. And uh, apparently I've been blessed to look in a certain way. Uh, thank yeah. you, God. Um, and that attracted a lot Bye, of uh, attention from the, the, the other uh, gender. So, mm. yeah, I, I was quite famous and I wouldn't lie. I pretty much enjoyed the attention. But one of the downsides of it is that I attracted a lot of fake friends. So, uh, you know, with Bonnie, we've been real with each other. And I don't think our relationship was not as strong until as and when we finished high school. But I had different kinds of friends who wouldn't necessarily put my best interest at heart. It was more of like, what can I get out of this friendship? Will I get more followers on Instagram? Or will I look cool? Or will we go into this place or hang out and then he'll be able to pay for A, B, C, and D? So I always felt 
misplaced. You know, I was, I was never in a space where I felt hey, I'm really going, you know, I'm really uh, being myself because, you know, I'd walk in a certain type of way, act in a certain type of way, um, dress in a certain type of way that wasn't really aligning with the kind of person that I know I am, right? So I was really going through this battle of, is this really me? Do I really want to be like this? Um, you know, are they perceiving me the right way? So I was very keen about how people are looking at me, but I was not, you know, comfortable with the inner version of myself. So I think what really changed was after a relationship uh, with someone, and I won't, I won't share further, but that gave me a wake-up call because all of a sudden, all the people that, you know, were on my side, all of us, they no longer want to associate with me because, you know, sort of I'm getting that, you know, that dark side of the story and I no longer look too cool or anything. So I decided, oh, yeah, because, you know, everyone was really in my business. Now, for example, like Kanye now will say that, oh, I want to get back to my, to my family and everything, you know, uh, I was like, you know, I'm also going through that. And then people like pretty much are in your business, you know? So I decided I'm going to take a, a break from all of this. And when I was taking that break, I got to understand like, guys, uh, I think I'm much more comfortable being reserved and being myself than being actually out there every time trying to prove that I'm this kind of person, you know? <laughs> so, so um, yeah. That those were the days, to be honest. Those were the days. Um, and now that even we're stepping into this whole entertainment space, like I, I really want to be keen to ensure that I remain authentic to myself. I don't wanna, you know, be famous, you know, in the next couple of years, and so many people get to know my name and appreciate the work that I'm doing, and then I start behaving in a certain type of way that you know, you guys who've known me all this time will be like, hey, Yuri, is that really you? No. I really want to stay true to myself. And I think I want to hold that promise to myself. So that, that's the key lesson that I've learned. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, um, you know, it looks really nice to have a couple of thousands of followers on your Instagram or Twitter or any other social media page that you're having. Um, it really looks nice when people are always messaging you and, you know, trying to befriend you. But it also gets very lonely when you notice that you don't really have those true friends um, who will have your back when you're at your lowest, to be honest. So just be aware of that uh, when you decide that you want to you know, take that path. So that's what I would like to share with the podcast. Man, hey, every time, every time we have founders, founders podcast, like, I think we also learn so much about each other. Yo, that is true. I didn't know a bunch of these things. Yeah. I've flaunted about here as my best friend. Yeah, my best friend. That is, it's insane because now that he says it, I saw it happen. Yeah. All of this. Maybe you aren't paying attention. You, you can yeah. See it. I can, you know what I mean? Yeah. Fact, I'm the fact checker here. Mm. I can <laughs> right now. And you just introduced something, right? Um, and I know, I know we're we're strained for time, but I'd just like to mention this. Mm. We've spoken about, you know, how we'd like to 
do better with our kids, you know, do this and that. Mm. And I feel like it's something to to remember. I don't need to go into it, but it's something to remember that you will not be raising your child by yourself. Oh yeah. Right? Aside from the village, the world, there's your life partner. Oh yeah. And in the spirit of Valentine's, <laughs> two days to Valentine's, I feel like it is it is, is it something worth Dude, it's the ninth. By the time it will be dropping, it'll be okay. Edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> We're leaving it there. They need to know. They need to. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll just wrap up with the story, but let's just finish this train of thought. Great. Um, speaking of Valentine's, my mom has just dropped me a message. Yeah. Um, but yo, we were saying mm-hmm. it, it, it's important to understand that your life partner, the type of person who you will choose and will choose you as as their life partner yeah also feeds into this big time what what were their upbringing what are their values mm. you know what i mean mm. what do they how do they want to because the whole kind yeah. issue it's it's a fight between kim and kind and the kids are in the middle yeah um essentially they have different values different ideas of what does it mean to raise kids together yeah and and that's clashing but also i think i think that shouldn't put pressure on on anyone ah, and cool. and and going into the conversation of you know us us being in our 20 somethings there's a lot of pressure that 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 happens and one of one of our favorite podcasts uh it's called in their 20s and basically they interview you know a bunch of uh, famous people, etc., and just basically ask them, you know, what what were you doing in your in your in your twenties? So it's a really great thread here of different people, and the the whole concept here is that you know what we don't have to have it all figured out right now, and you know that's that's something that even I myself have been thinking about a lot, like the past week. That man, you know, this thing of you know, oh, I mean, just because we have big dreams doesn't mean that we can't have big compassion for ourselves. And also a long-term view of the fact that, yeah. you know, we, we have time. We could live another lifetime and still be young. Gary, Gary V right keeps now. on saying yeah. that. Because when he was just scrolled, scrolled, scrolled. Chat yeah, you guys right there. Just read it to them. Keep going. Uh, right there. Here it is. So, <clears throat> so it says here, at twenty six, billionaire investor, um, Saka had been laid off and was four million dollars in debt. Uh, there's also another one here of at twenty five, entrepreneur and internet personality Gary V, was working for his family's liquor store, right? So. Little millionaire right now. Yeah, dude. And we're not 25, you know, and we already have our internships, we've got our businesses, is this, this, that, but also understanding which we're still trying to figure out. This podcast, guys, we we come to studio, we don't even know what we're gonna talk to you guys about. Imagine we have a we have a vague idea. We never we never talk about anything, we come here with notes. We come with a whole plan. Sean starts talking about Kanye West. You return. You start the recording. Yeah, and and um, another one was here 
at 23, the co-founder of Twitter and Square, uh, Jack Dorsey, was a college dropout working as a programmer. At 24, Jack Dorsey's future Twitter co-founder was a college dropout working in a marketing position for O'Reilly Media. And I mean, you know, I'm 23 and I'm like, eh, maybe, maybe I have a lot of time, you know, not maybe, I, I do. I, I genuinely feel like we do. And I know mm. this sounds very, like, this sounds like a very, very cliche conversation that we're having right now. Yeah. But it is cliche. And cliche is not bad. It's not a bad cliche thing. Cliche means it's, it's important it's enough that everywhere. we've heard it a lot. Yeah. So I feel like yeah. you, there is a lot of pressure. There mm. is insane amount of pressure on people yeah. our age. And you know, we do consider you guys our our main target listeners. Yeah. And the 20 something. These are the conversations that we would that we have that we banter about regard like whether the microphone is on or not, whether we're That's know, true. chilling with our friends in, in our rooms, you know, we've gone out to the mall or something like that. And I feel like the biggest, the biggest thing that we can do for ourselves is keep reassuring each other because you could be listening to this in your college dorm room you know in your parents house in your room it could be in your car driving you know you could be walking to class or whatever just just a left class or whatever but you know you could be at the club it's okay at the club bedroom banter anywhere (laughs) banter anywhere right there and it's a thing of we are shooting this podcast in one of the rooms in our on our school campuses right so we're exactly where you are right now trying to figure all the shit out you know what i'm talking about yeah and we just want to encourage you we want to, first we want to encourage each other because yeah <laughs> sean man what the heck are we doing bro? <laughs> <laughs> but you know just also extend that to you um yeah. sean what are your thoughts as as you wrapped it up for us well, first of all, yeah, just, just reiterating what, what Bonnie is saying. Shout out to everyone who's, who's at least trying, you know? Like, trying, trying is it's better than nothing. And even if you're not so sure where you want to go, trying will eventually lead you to stumble on something that you love or a career path that you'd enjoy. And... Sometimes we don't give ourselves enough grace to say, you know what, I'm actually just going to spend the next five years figuring out this one skill and maybe let me become the best at it. Let's see where that goes. You know, a lot of times we think of next year or, oh, by the age of, bruh, I'm 23 now and it's it's been, I'm like, I want to be a, do, a dollar billionaire, millionaire. I've been by the aging. <laughs> and this age, I'm like, maybe it's next year. Maybe it's next year. You know, you do the math. You're like, okay, if I do this, if I, and, and, and I just, I realized the other day that as much as it shows diligence, it's also not fair. Because what I noticed was I stopped focusing on mastery. And I started focusing on outcomes and outcomes only come as a result of mastery and mastery takes what time. 
So, you know, <laughs> so when, when, when we stop doing that number game of, oh, I'm this old, I'm not old. Oh, my friends have graduated before me. I mean, I've taken like two gap years. My friends are busy doing their SGs. Who's doing their PhD? Where and what and what? And who's at McKinsey? Who's at Wall Street? You know, who's flying to where and who and what? And it's like, it's easy for me to compare. But at the end of the day, am I being fair to myself? Like, I, I usually think of um, the story of Fred Swanica. Fred Swanica is the founder of, you know, the African Leadership Group. So African Leadership University, African Leadership Academy, uh, the room, uh, like, hey, right now he's racking up. Every year it's like a new country, a uh, new company. Shout out to Fred. We Shout love out to you, Fred. Fred we we want you, you on here, we my guy. <laughs> and yes, and I'm- Fred... Amp this episode and share it out to Fred. Tag, tag Fred. Tag Fred on this. We love him. Um, and so Fred Swanica was telling me how he he thinks that we have such a big social cushion, right? In the sense of you could fail and start it again. You could do this. And I mean, our cushion for failure is so big that we shouldn't be scared of trying new things or doing the unorthodox. I mean, for him, he dropped out of a really well-paying job at, at McKinsey when he was, you know, in like his mid-20s or so. And it was one of those things of his, his he used to schedule, because now he had the whole dream of, oh, let me, you know, train the next generation of African leaders, whatever. Mm-hmm. So he left his cushy, cozy job at McKinsey um, and left his friends behind. And he leveraged, yeah, he was with Achaleke, et cetera. One of my other mentors, Yao Boateng, shout out, shout out Yao. Um, and so it was one of those things of my guy had a dream, you know, Fred had a dream. And he said, I have time to build it. I might, I might not be as financially set as my peers who are keeping their jobs and who are doing whatever. He used to schedule his meetings for every meal. So he'd be like a breakfast meetings because he knows such and such person will buy the meal lunch meeting dinner meeting like that's that's how he was getting by you know he was crashing at someone's place you know it's not the most dignified living but look at look at him now we're here because of him right now and we're here because of him and he's what probably double that age now so it did take him time and he's still looking young he's still fit he's he's still i i'm not sure how old he is but he's not He's not he that looks old. Like he's in his mid twenties. Yeah, but it took him like what fifteen or so years to get all of this up. So I'm just like you. In in fifteen years, we'll be so young still, guys. So let's not give each other pressure. Let's not. Let's give each other positive peer pressure. Um, that a lot can happen. That, that a check lot can happen. <laughs> I've seen Jeff Bezos like even Elon Musk. Hey, you guy, when they were hustling, their head took an L, but. Well, now uh, they're on top and pushing P, pushing P on their <laughs> yacht, you know. So, yo, Bezos, yeah, how will Bezos move that super yacht of his? Man, that thing is big here. So, Jeff Bezos bought a new super yacht and they had to demolish a bridge nearby because it couldn't fit under it. Like, they had to dismantle a bridge, a historical, a thing, historical, whatever. it's been there for I don't know how many hundred years. But he's like, I can buy that bridge. I won't knock it down. I'll just dismantle. And then put it back. But just as long as my boat can pass. <laughs> you wrap this up for us. You leave us here in the boardroom. We'll no, no, us will be here we'll for a while. <laughs> uh, 
yeah so for me i think i want to wrap up with a quote um i think there's something that i would love you guys to uh check up it's called the kaizen principle um i i i first got to know this principle from one of my mentors uh from japan uh may he rest in peace but this quote says, don't look at the big, quick improvement. Seek the small improvement one day at a time. That's the only way it happens. And when it happens, it lasts. So, you know, as young people, uh, we, we're always aspiring for the next big, uh, you know, highlight in our lives or the next big win or everything. But that's not how life is designed, right? We are all on different learning curves. Um, you might blossom when you're 60, you might blossom when you're 15, you might blossom when you're 25, or even now. Um, but what really matters is, are you putting in the you know, considerable amount of effort every single day to ensure that you're moving in, you know, in the right direction? So as you're listening, this is not uh, you know, a sort of excuse to tell you that you can be lazy. But mine is just to tell you that you know, every single day, wake up with a mission, right? Capra diem, seize the day and, and do something that would add to you know, your, 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 your life and fulfillment. So cheers, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We are the Boardroom Banter podcast. And we'll be sharing another episode very soon with an amazing guest from West Africa. So uh, keep, keep your subscribe this is why this is why this is why i brought you guys in as hosts because i i can't really manage this right yes, i no, prefer no i prefer just doing the back this is your day but anyway 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 guys uh that was just a slip of the tongue this thing happened to everyone again we're here to make mistakes and learn but um i would like to say that uh, thank you so much for sharing your feedback and love with the, with us. We really appreciate, um, you know, the, the the amount of effort that you've put uh, to listen to our podcast, and we look forward to greater things. Just as I said, we'll be having an amazing guest coming up soon, and this brings us to the end of our founders episode. Cheers, guys, and have a lovely weekend. Bye bye.